Hey everybody, it's Dr. G. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit Tales and Magic. Tonight we're going to finish our countdown of the top 10 paranormal incidents witnessed by police. We're going to move on from that to a different countdown and the ghost stories are lining up pretty heavy, so we'll see where it goes from there. We're going to adjust the schedule a little bit as needed just to make sure that we get everything in. Before we start, though, this evening, I just kind of wanted to send a shout out to all of my classmates in 1978. They have a site on the internet, as many schools do. A lot of our folks are leaving this world. And I just wanted to send the condolences out to all the friends and family who are dealing with that. For those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before, on November the 1st of last year, after a very successful Halloween evening, I was dead for approximately four minutes. Some of that is on the podcast, but I didn't see tunnels of light or my relatives or any of that sort of thing. In my mind, I was somewhere else, and that's not where the story is is about this evening, but it has tended to make me look differently at exiting this world and that whole side of life, because death, after all, is a side of life. But condolences to everyone who is, is dealing with that right now. Number two on the countdown is the Indiana Demon House. And when I first heard this story, it wasn't that far from a lot of other stories we've heard in the same realm. We are the number one country, I believe, still for believing in angels and demons. You pretty much can't believe in one without believing in the other, they say. But what I've noticed in my lifetime as I get into the back nine area of my life, there are a lot more people who go there much more quickly. As a much younger man, you barely ever heard anything about a demon unless it was in a horror movie. It just wasn't a commonly used word every day in normal conversation as it tends to be these days in that part of my life that I can't talk about. We encountered people on the worst day of their life, which I have done for a very long time as a paramedic, as a fireman, as a policeman, as the other thing that I was. So you hear that word thrown around a lot. Well, he was possessed by a demon. Some of the criminals that I've dealt with in in my latter stages of life, oh, well, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was possessed by a demon. Becomes a bit of a crutch sometimes for a few folks. But in 2014, a police captain corroborated a story of a haunted house in Gary, Indiana, saying that the family that lived in the house had something evil 
the mother, Latoya, and the grandmother, Rosa, all claimed that the Armin's three children were possessed by evil entities and that this was causing them to levitate and to walk up a wall. Claims were also made of mysterious footprints appearing throughout the house, and eventually a photograph emerged which showed a figure inside of the house's porch. The photograph was distributed by the local police department with a note that said the house was empty and secure the time the photograph was taken. And this picture was later proven to be a hoax photograph taken from an app on an early iPhone. But this did not deter several people, including police captains, priests, social workers, and everyone who was interested in the paranormal from insisting that demons roamed the house. Psychics eventually descended on the house and claimed that it was inhabited by more than 200 demons, all of whom were possessing the three children who lived there. The possessions allegedly caused the kids' eyes to bug out and their voices to deepen and evil smiles to cross their faces. The family doctor wasn't quite so convinced. He said that the children were displaying delusional behavior, encouraged by the mother. The children were taken away for a short while, and the family has since been reunited in another place. They haven't reported any paranormal activity since. The demon house, as they so named it, was destroyed in January of 2016 after it was purchased by Zach Bagans, executive producer of Ghost Adventures. So I'll give you a kudos for that one, Zach. I probably would have done the same thing. We're going to talk a minute about the demon voice. The voice that you're hearing coming out of my face right now has forever, from the time I was a little kid, been my actual voice. I have an ethereal voice. Sometimes it sounds like there's two people talking at once. Now, what you don't know is that every time I did that, my grandfather or my grandmother would say, go out there and get me a switch. And how much, how do I, how many times do I have to tell you, stop talking like a demon? So the voice that most of you hear coming out of my mouth when I was young and even in the magic business, was never this deep and never, you know, I hid that voice and I created this one. So because of that one, kept the mind belt on the mine equipment. But as I got older and the first time I took the handle, Dr. G, I was a DJ in a, in a bigger city, actually became the number one most demanded DJ in that city for a while. But I... In my older years, don't really care if anybody likes it, believes it, or doesn't like it. Or, But I thought about that when I did some research for this podcast. There was a gentleman, the amazing Randy, he was a 
magician, illusionist, offered a million dollars for proof of the existence of afterlife, which would include, you know, angels or demons, concrete proof that they were there. In Randy's lifetime, and even after he's passed on, check was never written. Just something to think about, I guess. I thought it was very interesting that the demon house was purchased by Zach and destroyed. I'm going to have to look up the story behind that, and when I find it, I'll be happy to let you know. Which brings us to our number one event, which we call the Devil's Peak Incident. Maurice Frenchie Thoreau had a difficult childhood after suffering abuse at the hands of his father and witnessing a terrible event in his family barn. The event has never fully been explained, but it's known that Frenchie had to participate in horrible acts after witnessing the unnamed event. He grew older, as we all do, and Frenchie noticed strange abilities within himself, such as knowledge of things that he had never learned about and occasional superhuman strength. He was deterred from going to the army by his father, causing him to leave the house and eventually settle in Warren, Massachusetts, I believe in 1985. Frenchie had married and his wife and he lived on a farm in Warren. But all was not well in the Thoreau household. Not only would blood appear randomly all over the house, but the couple began hearing voices and saying, seeing things that would disappear without explanation. There were unexplained fires that broke out on the farm, and eventually, Frenchie took his guns to the local sheriff and asked him to keep them for the safety of himself and his wife. The events continued. Frenchie would be in one room of the house and then appear to his wife in another room. Trying to talk to him or follow him would result in him disappearing from her view, and she would find him in the original room where she swore he had been all along. Several witnesses saw this happening, including a police officer from the local police station. Eventually, Ed and Lorraine Warren were called to assist, and they sought the help of Bishop Robert McKenna to perform an exorcism on Frenchie. Ed Warren almost died during the exorcism. Exorcism. There's a stumble, sorry. But it was successfully completed at the end. But Frenchie's troubles seemed to continue. However, he was eventually arrested for the sexual abuse of a minor. The rest of the Warrens left, the Thoreaus left the house in Warren, and the incidents stopped. So that is our 
top 10 of paranormal incidents witnessed by police. The next countdown is the top 10 paranormal incidents associated with disaster. And our friend the Mothman is going to be in there somewhere, I'm sure. We're going to do an entire podcast on the Mothman a little bit later on. So what's your encounter with what people would call the dark side? Do you have one? Do you have a story about someone who perhaps has had one? I can tell you that when I lived in Columbus, Ohio, we investigated a tunnel. That was a a walker's tunnel. So it was an underpass that went under several buildings. Columbus has a pretty good underground going on. People heard hissing and growling in the tunnel. Spent a lot of time in there. I never heard hissing or growling. People claimed that they would be scratched or bitten. And I can tell you that one day while walking through with a bunch of ghost hunters, I was scratched in the tunnel. Is that a demon? Is that your own mind playing tricks on you? Now I can tell you because I'm the guy that did it. We had someone under hypnosis and I touched him with an ice cube and told him it was a match. And he raised a burn mark. The ice didn't raise the burn mark. It wasn't dry ice. It wasn't a hundred degrees below zero or anything like that. It was a wet ice cube from a glass that was sitting on the table. After we told him what had happened, the next day, the burn mark was gone. That's the power of your mind. You'll hear us talk a lot about the mind and the things the mind can do. So where do you sit on that? What side of the fence are you on? True or false, yes or no? We'd love to hear about it. The only thing we can tell you with some degree of certainty, there is indeed a world unseen, a world that exists all around us all the time. And every now and then, for whatever the reason, we catch a glimpse of it and the dead get in. Until next time, my friends, we'll see you inside your mind.